introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way, find a way. Hey, 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 it's Christoph Wrights of the Poet Life Podcast, and I am very excited to have Kendrick Youngblood onto the episode. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Let me let me tell the folks uh, how I came into contact with Kendrick Youngblood. So I was on Facebook and I think uh, I was following a friend of mine uh, or or an associate, a poet of poet friend of mine, uh, Breeze the Poet, um, I believe from Richmond. And I think he shared the fact that this gentleman here, Kendrick Youngblood, reviewed one of his poems uh, on his YouTube page. And when I saw that, I was like, man, that's what I'm talking about, man. You know, because in building building the poetry industry, uh, I'm looking at the, uh, the the different areas where um, where we can implant ourselves, poets, right? And all through YouTube, there are people reviewing raps, songs, movies, but nobody's reviewing poems, you know? And so yeah. when I saw that, I said, thank you, dude. Thank you. You know, and this was months ago. I didn't know how to get in contact with you. I don't know why I didn't know how. This is the internet. But um, I just kept watching your videos, man, and you, you, you're blowing up with the Thank you so much. Yeah. One of my main goals ever since I started the channel was to make poetry more mainstream. And obviously I'm one person. I can't do that alone. But I've loved poetry ever since I came across it. Uh, the very first poem I ever came across was uh, by Rudyard Kipling. It was called If. And I just fell mm -hmm. in love with it from there. One of the most motivational pieces of art I've ever come across. And like I really needed it at the time. And I told myself from then on, I would do everything in my power to make uh, poetry just as mainstream as like the music industry is or like i don't know movies you know what i'm saying yep yep we're on the same page man we're on the same mission you know uh the our our our, our uh uh mission and motto is uplifting the poetry community and building the poetry industry you know uh we the the community is strong the community has been here for decades and centuries really you know, but the industry is in its infancy, you know, and so it's it's these types of moves that have to be made to 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 build the industry, you know, plug ourselves in where things are already happening, you know, so I, I applaud you, man. And the creativity that you're imparting uh, into your YouTube page is on another level, man. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah, most definitely. So tell me, tell me, where did poetry come in for you? Come in for you? Uh, well, so a lot of poets will tell you that the very first time they started writing poetry was when uh, they were interested in a certain someone. You know what I'm saying? Right, they were trying right. to impress them, you know, with their words. That yep. it's cliche, but that's exactly what happened. So after I came across that poem by Rudyard Kipling, I was like, let me give this a shot. Uh, there was a girl I'd been crushing on since like the start of high school. And I was a senior at the time, you know, um, mm -hmm. 
And I ended up finally writing her this poem, just telling her how I felt and stuff. Long story short, because of that poem, I ended up taking her to homecoming and prom. Really wild, like crazy. But that's besides the point. I just realized then that there's a lot of power in words, you know? And I wanted to make use of that, not for my own gain or anything like that, but whether it be for social reform or for just, um, it, it's true that actions do speak louder than words, but words still do speak, you know what I mean? And we shouldn't take that for right. granted. So, um, I, I, I wanted to make it my mission to uh, enforce that kind of uh, thinking, uh, not like force it onto people, but just uh, push it forward, you know? So Most yeah. definitely. Most definitely, for sure, for sure. I um, it's so interesting. So that was high school for you, yeah, yeah. Around senior, around senior year, yeah, yeah. That that poetry thing works, doesn't it? <laughs> it sure do. It sure <laughs> Definitely, man. Okay, all right. So from there, where did you go with it, right? So initially, it was for the women, right? Yeah. So yeah. so how did it evolve for you? I think from there. I uh, I started looking at a lot of spoken word as well, um, and I, I I didn't know if that would be my thing because I'm not really good at performing, but I really enjoyed watching it. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Uh, and then at the same time, I had gotten into uh, college at the University of Houston, and I come across a few students that were taking some poetry classes, so I was really interested in that. The introductory to poetry class I took in sophomore year was probably one of the best decisions I ever made in my life, ever. Really? The, the professor, uh, Professor Bancroft is his name. I don't even know where he is now, but God bless that man. I mean, just, he, he made poetry fun. You know what I'm saying? He mm. was one of those people, he was one of those few professors that would not only acknowledge the fact that um, uh, black poets historically have just been kind of sequestered to the Harlem Renaissance and are just never addressed again, he right. made sure to address them throughout each era of poetry in America. And I so appreciated him for that, you know, um, wow. th things like that really just started making me see that, like, yo, I, I could really um, I, I want to make writing poetry my thing. You know, I, I don't want it to just be, you know, to pick up a girl or anything like that. And it wasn't just that to me when I started, but um, I, I had uh, more intention in my writing from that point onward, you know. So, right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But you do perform though, right? I do perform. Yeah. Oh, right. I, I probably have gotten to that. I kind of alluded to it, but um, <laughs> yeah. So I believe it was junior year of college. Uh, a community had begun at the University of Houston called UH Kook Slam. And I got to plug them. So <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram at UH Kook Slam, you know, but in our first year of being an organization, we're like, okay, we're going to compete in the, in the national college union poetry slam invitational. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's, mm -hmm. that is the biggest competition for colleges to compete on a grand stage. And we're, we decided mm -hmm. we weren't only going to compete in that competition in our first year, we were going to host it at the university of Houston and we were holding tryouts. I was so so nervous. I didn't even want to do it. My girlfriend had to convince me. She's like, Kenny, no, this is your thing. I know you haven't really tried performing, but you've, you, you studied a lot of spoken word. You love it. I know you do give it a shot. So I, I listened to her, you know what I'm saying? I'm very glad I did. Right. I'm very glad right. I did. But um, so yeah, I, uh, we went through a couple of rounds of tryouts and I barely made it by the skin of my teeth. Like they were only going to take the top three 
after uh, multiple slams. And I was, I just barely by like a fraction of a point got that third place. So I joined the team and to make a long story short, actually, no, I have to bring this up. Uh, mm -hmm. The, the youth poet laureate for Houston at the time, Jackson Neal, was our assistant mm -hmm. coach. And our head coach was a man by the name of R.J. Wright. In my opinion, he's one of the best, if not the best, spoken word artists in Houston. Wow. And um, so with these two coaching us, I mean, the sky really was the limit. We trained like crazy. I've actually gone over the story in one of my YouTube videos of like mm -hmm. what it was like leading up to that competition. And... Um, we ended up getting fourth place. We got to final stage. So we we're in the final round. We gave it everything we had and we didn't win, but it, it was really crazy to think that just in our first time competing in that competition, in our first year of being an organization, we uh, we got that far, you know? So yeah. Wow. What year was this? Uh, so this was 2019. Yeah, Cupsy 2019. Okay. You, have, you can actually find some of our performances on the Right About Now YouTube channel they were the ones that were tasked with recording the performances and posting them. They didn't post all of them, just like the the big bangers, you know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Wow. Okay. Okay. So that was your first opportunity, like on a level of that stature or? Yeah. Uh, I had never experienced anything like that for sure. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've been invited different places since then. Like that really opened the door for me in various ways. I've been invited mm -hmm. to places to uh, perform and like not just invited. I was like featured. So they pay me and stuff like that. And that was right. the first glimpse of like, oh, whoa, you can actually make money off of poetry. You know, there we go. Right. Oh, man. That shocked me because up until that point, I had always heard the narrative of like the starving broke poet or artist in general. And yes. I really didn't want that to be my, my reality because I knew one way or another I was going to be doing poetry, you know? Um, yes. So, yeah, just uh I have to say, being on that team and doing spoken word, uh, that was my first exposure to the fact that you can actually make money through poetry. Totally, totally. I've always said, if if people can make money standing up and telling jokes, if people can make money standing up and speaking, why in the world would, wouldn't it be possible for a poet who is, or yeah, who is awesome at words to be able to stand up and do a special, a feature. That makes no sense to me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, yeah. But it takes, you know, people like yourself to create a YouTube channel, you know, a Brandon Leak to um, uh, take a leap of faith and audition for America's Got Talent, right? Yeah. Amanda Gorman, uh, for 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 uh, the inauguration, it it it's it, it's always one person to say I can do that for for others to see it and say, wow, it can be done. Yeah, I'm actually very glad you brought those two up because, oh man, I'm just like they they're just stars in their own universe you know but I, I so appreciate them i've covered them on my youtube channel before reacting to both of their uh poems i think for brandon Lee, it was his audition and then for mm -hmm. amanda gorman it was her inauguration poem of course but yeah th those those two they're they're making waves and uh i've heard from a lot of people i've heard a lot of people tell me 
that they never thought poetry would, would be something they could connect with. They never understood it because when they were mm -hmm. in school, all they ever heard was Shakespeare, you know, no offense right. to Shakespeare, the greats for obvious reasons, sure. but to a lot of people nowadays, they, they can't connect with that. But when they heard people sure. like Brandon Leak, seeing him on America's Got Talent, not only being the first one to hit that stage on a national tele televised event, but he won, like he won the whole thing. And then seeing Amanda Gorman uplift the nation um, after some trying times, you know, it's just like people who never thought they'd even consider reading poetry are now reading poetry. Yes, yeah. yes, it's it's reality art. You know, it, it's mm -hmm. not just reading poetry from dead people. Yeah. You know, these people are alive and kicking and living this life that we are living along with them. And they're, I always saw poets as narrators of life, you know? Yeah. It's it, like music is, is the score to life and, and um, the soundtrack to life. And, but poetry, man, poetry is so vast, right? It's, it's education, it's engagement, it's entertainment, you know, and, and I just want to put that on a billboard, you know, and, and so people can understand that it is, it is so much more than what people think it is, you know, the, the stereotypical cadence, you know, of a poet and that, you know, it is so much more to that, you know. Um, so I'm just excited to, again, see what you're doing with it. So tell me what went through your mind when you thought about starting a YouTube or did you start it in that uh, with, with that purpose to review poems or did you already have a YouTube page? So, hmm. I wanted to just teach and educate people at first when I made the channel. I made it in 2019, posted like okay. three videos. They weren't good at all. Right, right. <laughs> I, I loved what I was doing, but I didn't know how to edit a video to save my life. Long story short, I just I just dropped the channel in general and I didn't pick it back up until summer of 2020. And I told myself wow. I am going to do whatever it takes to grow my channel and get monetized or I'll die trying essentially. That was, that was pretty much my motto. And nice. I, I kept that, I kept at it until January, 2021. I only had maybe, I don't know, 200 subscribers. And up until that point, I was still giving it my everything. You know, people were even telling me like, Hey, Kenny, the, uh, the quality of your work is really good. Um, but like, it doesn't seem to be working. Like, why are, you, why are you still doing this? And I said, just wait. I'm going to keep teaching people poetry. I'm going to keep reviewing mm. uh, books by poets and stuff like that. I'll keep analyzing poems uh, and reacting to spoken word and stuff like that. Uh, and I chose to do the reactions specifically because I noticed no one on YouTube was known for doing reactions to spoken word yet. And I was exactly. wondering, why is there this vacuum? You have... Uh, you have uh, YouTube channels like Right About Now and Button Poetry uh, youth speaks that are posting these amazing videos and sure, uh, someone who's known as a reaction channel might react to them occasionally, but they're not known for that. Like, why isn't there anybody who's known for that? So I decided to pick that up and I'm very glad I did mm -hmm. because by the time Amanda Gorman came out with her, uh, her inauguration poem, 
I hopped on that immediately because I, I saw I was going viral and that that took me up. My, my channel skyrocketed after that, like in a matter of what, it's only been two months since then. I'm at, I'm almost at 6K subscribers, you know, which doesn't sound wow. like much, but considering it took me a year to get to 200 and in just two months, I'm not 6,000. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm really appreciative. I'm appreciative of her for that, for obvious reasons. But um, at the same time, uh, I, I knew that if I kept at it, people were going to see value in poetry. It's not, it's not just a matter of like my content being good or anything like that. At the end of the right. day, I'm up in poetry and it's poetry that's good. And I'm glad exactly. other people are starting to see that. Right, right, yeah, definitely. Wow, January at 200. Now it's March and you have almost 6,000. That is, that's awesome, man. I And I was just cheering you along the entire time. I was just like, this is awesome, right? Just to, just to see it, because just like you, you know, at, at, at first, um, well, I'm still, I'm, I think right now we only have about 100 and, uh, 63 followers right now, but it is, it's what, you know, you know, I know it's going to blow. It's not if it's when, yeah. right. And, and, um, uh, I'm just excited to, to watch your growth and your journey. And then when I, then when I reached out to you, um, I had to, so I will suggest Put your IG somewhere. <laughs> I had to yeah. go to your about page and find your IG. I was like, does he have a website, an email, or something? And so uh, when I DM'd you on Instagram, once I finally found your Instagram, I was like, all right, all right, cool. He doesn't have a lot of followers on Instagram, so he's going to see my DM. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how I'm able to get like, you know, certain people on the podcast, because, you know, if they have a million followers and stuff like that, I'm sure they get a million DMs. And so they're not going to see mine, you know? Um, so I was glad that you responded, man. And um, uh, I just want to know, so like, uh, what's your format, right? So how did you know to set up the way you set up your channel and your videos? Um, I, I really enjoy reaction channels in, in general. <laughs> so yeah, I, me too. I, yeah. <laughs> so I started looking at how some of the best ones were, were doing it, uh, where they mm -hmm. position, uh, the video that they were reacting to on the screen, uh, how they position their chair, what the lighting would be like, um, how often they pause it and when, because you don't want to ruin the flow of the actual right. video you're reacting to things like that. Um, and finally, I tr I did my best to just be comfortable in front of a camera because most of my friends know when it comes to me thinking something's amazing, I'm as extra as can be. Like I'll nearly be rolling on the floor, like, oh my god, <laughs> did you hear that bar, like, right. <laughs> that punchline was nuts. Um, right. But I, I noticed, <laughs> I think in my first reaction, I wasn't being myself, and I, I felt mm. that, and the viewers can tell too. You know what I mean? So uh, I decided, like, no, can you just get comfortable, relax? You know, just. Uh, you know, stretch out and right. uh, be yourself behind that camera and in front of that camera. And so I did. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. I'm not, I'm not a, in front of the camera, in front of the lights person, man. And I just said, all right, I'm gonna just do it. I'm gonna just do it, you know? And so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you get used to it sometimes still, it's just like weird, you know? Um, but I'm glad that I'm, a I'm able to like actually talk to somebody. 
<laughs> you, it's just you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, um, but you're doing well, man. And and so did you have to learn through the comments, through people's suggestions and feedback? Like because I think I saw a couple of videos and you were saying that. Uh, all right. I'm listening to you all. Basically, I'm, I'm going to stop uh, cutting it off so much or something like that to say what I wanted to say. You know, yeah. did you learn through the comments? Definitely, definitely. And you can definitely tell the difference between constructive criticism and people just being mean, right? People get behind right. a, a computer screen and they just think they're invincible and they can say whatever they want. But there's some people who are very genuine, like, hey, you know, you should try this. Uh, uh, the person you're, you're, uh, the person whose poetry or rap you're reacting to, you don't have to worry about them copyright claiming your, your content. You can actually play all of it they're they're usually okay with it and sure enough they are they were so uh getting feedback from my subscribers has done a great deal in growing my 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 craft you know sure so okay because youtube is huge with the whole licensing thing and you know taking someone's uh music and and utilizing it or using it into your videos so they're okay with reaction videos. Uh, so, and, YouTube, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to ask because do you watch the Mallory Bro Mallory Bros? No, no. Okay, that that's a that's a YouTube channel. Um, um, these two uh, African American guys, they're twins, and they react to music. Um, but they were saying that YouTube was hacking down on um, uh, the amount of uh, of, of song that they can use. They could only use like small clips of it or something like that. Did so you true. come into that? Yeah, yeah. I've actually experienced that myself. Um, when it comes to the reaction videos, if I break things up into small enough clips and incorporate enough of my own original content, usually YouTube won't flag it. And usually the original content creator won't um, claim my content, which I wouldn't want, of course, because that means they get all the revenue from my videos. Um, but at the same time, I have been copyright claimed before, uh, mm -hmm. and it was completely justifiable. And I, I I didn't like even fight it anyway. I was doing a poet's analysis of this one rapper's song. I don't know if you know who NF is. He's uh, one of my favorite rappers out now. Definitely check him out. Uh, long okay. story short, he came out with the song pretty recently and I did an analysis of it. It did fairly well on my channel, but I knew as I was making the video, I'm I'm using too much content. It's gonna get claimed, you know what I'm saying? My, my channel right. wasn't in trouble or anything. It wasn't a copyright strike, but I was notified before I uploaded the video, you're not gonna make any money off of this. <laughs> and I was like, all right, that's cool. No uh, problem. <laughs> so, so you're monetized. Yeah. Um, well, let me ask you this. Let me go back a little bit because at 200 in January, you weren't monetized, right? No. Right. No. Because you need a thousand subscribers within a six months or a year span. So the way it works. the breakdown? Is, yeah. Yeah. So in order to get monetized, you need to have a thousand subscribers, period, but you need to have made 4,000 hours of watch time within a 12 month period. So I guess one way to put it is that like, say uh, December 2020, 
Like at the end of the last year, right? I had a thousand subscribers, but I didn't have enough watch time. I don't have to get like a thousand more subscribers. Once you hit a thousand, you've you've hit that goal. All you have to Got do it. is make four thousand hours of watch time in one year. So in a three hundred sixty-five mm -hmm. day period. Um, yeah, and that's that's pretty much that. That's all it takes. Well, it's 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 no easy thing. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying those are the only two parameters. And like your content can't be like crude or uh, right YouTube guidelines, or they won't monetize you. Got it. Got it. So you became monetized uh, February or just recently? Uh, February, yeah. Wow. How did that? What, how was that feeling? Uh, it was great. It was really, really great because I, one of my jobs, I've been wanting to quit for a minute. Um, not because it's not a good job, but I just have too much on my plate. I'm in my final year of university. Um, and these last classes are really tough because I, I have a STEM major and it's, it's just been brutal. So I told myself, I'm definitely going to quit one of my jobs because I, I have two while being in university. Wow. What, what, what am I going to replace that with? I need something that is fun for me, but also isn't as time consuming. So when YouTube decided to make me a partner, well, that solves that, you know, I can finally quit one of those jobs now. Right. Right. So, so you have two jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Are, are you putting yourself through school? No, no, I'm not. Uh, I, my, my parents are helping with that, but I'm just, I'm working those two jobs to help them with everything else. Essentially. It's your work ethic. I, I guess so. That is, that's, that's what it is, man. You know, the college students, I mean, I, I had a job. I worked at Sears and I was selling TVs. I was in the, the TV department, you know, but but uh, two jobs, man, that's awesome that that you're in the mindset of, OK, I know I'm in school. I know I have, you know, at least one job, but I need a second to make sure that I, I help with the people that are helping me, which which is my family. So I commend you for sure. Now, the time consuming part the editing are you editing i am uh and i never thought i'd be editing my own <laughs> videos in fact when i first started youtube back in 2019 the, the three videos i posted it was my friend who was editing for me okay um but at some point i realized i don't have money to pay an editor um so right. i have i'll have to learn it on my own so i went through youtube tutorial after youtube tutorial after youtube tutorial i'm not even using like a high quality editor it's a free one it's called shotcut <laughs> it's okay it's especially <laughs> particular but i i did the best with what i had and it worked out i guess you know yeah definitely for sure i i think um the one i use is uh wondershare filmora or something like that and it was only 79 for life you know so yeah um uh you know i don't have final cut pro and all of the all of that stuff so uh uh because that's that's a that's a lot of money that's i think that's like monthly that you gotta sub subscribe you know um yeah. but you know either way you grow you know you start you just start basically you know i i i really believe in just starting somewhere and not waiting for everything to be perfect, you know? Yeah, because you then just be per paralyzed 
uh, uh, you know, analysis paralysis, and you're trying to figure out how can I start? When should I start? What should I do when I start? You know, but I'm just glad that you started, even even if it was years ago and you just put three videos out, at least it started and then you could pick it back up. Yeah. 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 And I think what a lot of people think when they uh, start YouTube is that they have they need to have the best quality equipment, the, the best microphone, the best uh, lighting, the best, uh, what do you call it, tripod. I, I use this little tripod right here. Wow. My microphone, it's a, it's a clip-on. I, I literally just clip it onto my shirt below uh, where the camera can see, and I just right. talk. I don't have anything special. And like I said before, my editing software is free, but my subscribers will tell me that they, they love how I edit. So nice. yeah, you, don't, you really don't need the best quality stuff. Of course, eventually, I do plan on reinvesting into right. getting better equipment because my ceiling can only be so high if, with the stuff I'm using at the end of the day. But sure. Equipment isn't an excuse for not growing. So, yeah. Yeah. Like your poetry, you evolved. You studied and, you know, you watched and, and you figured it out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So. Uh, how long does it take to edit one of your videos? Because you you have um, multiple things that you have to do within your videos. You have to import the video, put it on the screen, and then you got to cut and stop and cut and stop. Like, how long does it take? Uh, it depends on how long the video is. Uh, assuming I'm just giving a poetry tutorial on how to how to like improve your rhymes or something like that. It might only take two hours max, but only it, two hours max. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'd say, but if I'm if I'm doing a reaction to, uh, there's this guy named Harry Mack that I started reacting to recently, and I yeah. plan on doing, I, I plan on doing a poet's analysis of the techniques he utilizes and stuff. Um, his videos are like 20 plus minutes long. So my reaction is going to be closer to 30 minutes long. That's going to take almost like seven hours, eight hours, maybe to edit, you know? And the, <laughs> yeah. So it, and I just mean straight. I don't just mean like right. oh, breaks. If I were to just do it nonstop, it takes seven, eight hours. And I know with better editing software, it might be a bit faster. Mm -hmm. um, because I like to include like a lot of memes and stuff. Right. I don't know. I just, I like to make stuff that I would enjoy watching, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, you're, you're getting better and better, man. I can tell that you're, again, you're, you're still studying and, and learning how to incorporate more into your videos. And um, um, man, yeah, we, we have to continue to talk because um, I want to learn more as it relates to YouTube. Like, so you're in your 20s? Yeah, yeah, I'm 22. Gotcha, gotcha. So you're 22. I'm 38, man. And uh, uh, I have three daughters, all six and under, wife, you know, full-time job, you know what I mean? And yeah. um, I've made this podcast thing really easy for myself, you know? And um, COVID really solidified things for me because before I was out in the streets, you know, getting the brand out there, right? The clothing line and everything. And I had to be at this event, that event. And, but I wanted to be more, 
um, at the house with the kids and the wife and COVID was like, cool, here you go. (laughs) You know? Um, But then I was just like, okay, cool. Then we need to do a whole lot more online. We, we, we gotta go fully digital. And that has helped a whole lot that, that, that way I can literally just be in this office and uh, my, the most recent episode, I think with um, Nina Bruton, she's a poet. Um, Uh, my kids or my youngest was at the door and I was just like, hold on one sec. (laughs) Then I went to the door, you know, and she just wanted to show me her dress that she had on and I kept it in there. You know, I kept it in the episode just to show them that, look, this is a lifestyle, man. This this is the poet life. You know, this isn't, I'm I'm not somewhere at a an official studio. It's the studio that I created in the house, man. And um and so that just shows people that it's possible with kids, with wife, with church, with job, everything. Yeah. You know? So you can you you just have to get organized and create some systems, you know? So how has that been for you with the hours of editing? How have you been able to um organize your life so you can stay consistent because you have to stay consistent with right. the posting and everything. Right. So how, how have you been able to do that? So one of my jobs uh, is a group home job. So uh, I'm, I'm what's called a direct care staff. I go to this uh, facility where uh, the clients aren't able to live on their own, but they can't live with their family either due to some uh, mental handicaps. Uh, so um, this, wow. it, you could call it glorified babysitting. There's more to mm-hmm. it than that. You know, I have to make sure they take their medication, uh, make sure they're taking care of their hygiene, things like that. But at the end of the day, a lot of my shifts are night shifts, which means they're asleep. And I just have to check on them occasionally to make sure they're all right. So during that time, I'm I'm on shift. I'm editing videos, you know. Mm. Um, so that helps get a lot of it out the way. Um, uh, sometimes uh, when I'm doing homework and I need to take a break, or I'm studying and I need to take a break. <laughs> during that break, <laughs> I'm, I'm editing videos. Um, yeah. Let's see what what else might I do. Uh, sometimes, okay, even outside of editing videos, if I need to come up with uh, an idea for a poem, because I I still try to write poems and. Uh, post spoken word on my channel as well. Um, okay. if, if I'm trying to uh, write a poem, but I, I'm driving somewhere because I have to do a lot of errands for my parents, um, I will have a voice recorder on so I don't have to like type, like text and drive or anything. I'm not trying to do any of that. I'll turn on my right. voice recorder and anytime an idea pops in my head, I'll say it and my phone will pick it up. So that's how I kind of write notes on what I plan on writing later. Got it. So Got a lot it. of so you- just like, doing two things at once. <laughs> That's how yes. I go about it. So you analyze what you already have going on and mm-hmm. said, where can I plug this in to what I have already, you know, on my plate? Right. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And that's what you have to do, you know, and not just say, man, I do so much. I can't do it. And not even think about how you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. I can appreciate that, man. I can appreciate that. So where do you see this going? Right. Where do you see this? Where do you see your channel going in, in, in 
um, what opportunities like this is an opportunity you know that the, that your channel brought about right so what do you think this will produce for you so uh oh, one of my hopes was that i could actually do a podcast in the future of some sort so it's it's it's, it's ironic that you know you you reached out to me um one thing I've, I've really wanted to do is um have some kind of um collaboration with other um YouTube poets and stuff like that, or um, maybe not YouTube poets necessarily, but people whose poems are posted on YouTube, have them hop on the channel and um, mm -hmm. their content. Another thing I was actually working on behind the scenes, I didn't tell my subscribers about this and I was going to recently, but something happened. Let me explain. So I was really hoping, I was trying to create a social media platform between me and other uh, poets uh, behind the scenes. We had been working on it for a while. I'm not going to say what it's called because of what I'm going to say next. Um, the, the main organizer who was making it reached out to me and said he really wants me on the team. I told him that I didn't think I could handle it with uh, the YouTube stuff I have to do all the time and school. Uh, and him knowing that said, okay, don't worry about it. We'll still invite you to the group and like every now and then I'll just fill you in on what we're doing and you can like give your input occasionally. Right. So that's what I did only for a few days ago. Uh, he, he said that the other people in the group were uncomfortable with how little work I was doing. And I said, okay, but you know, we, we discussed that I wouldn't be doing much work and you said you were okay with it. Long story short, that, that fell through and he, it, it the project didn't fall through the projects working out, but, um, my opportunity with that kind of went to the wayside and he kind of gently, you know, right. Uh, and I'm, I'm not upset about that or anything. This isn't me being petty. I'm just saying uh, that was one of the things I was hoping to do. And I still do plan on hoping to do that. I, I still plan on doing that in the future, making some kind of like uh, poetry, social media, kind of like uh, Twitter or Tumblr, but for poetry specifically. Right. Uh, so that's nice. another thing I had in the works. Um, yeah, other than that, I don't really know where exactly I want the, the channel to go. I just know what I want it to do. Sure. Um, at the end of the day, if if I can get people who are into music, who are into rap, who are into movies to start um, seeing the value and contributions of poetry, then I've done my job, you know? Right. So, like, uh, even though I'm not, I'm not a rapper, for example, some of my content lately has been pertaining to rap specifically specifically because I want people to see what studying poetry can do for you, right? Uh, I know a lot of people, when I did my analysis of NF's new song, they were like, whoa, I never picked up on any of this. And they started going through a lot of my poetry content and seeing why I was able to pick up on those things. In other words, me reading and consuming poetry allows me to pick up on some of these like double, triple, or even quadruple entendres mm. that exist in these songs that others wouldn't catch otherwise. That is so smart to say um, why you're reacting to rap videos, mm -hmm. right? Because someone probably already commented and said, I thought you were reviewing poetry, yeah. you know? So that just means that there really isn't any value in poetry. But the way you explained why uh, makes a makes so much sense and gives you so much more range now. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and 
um, uh, it's somewhat similar to what I'm able to do with poetry. It's 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 disrupting other industries with poetry, you know. Um, yeah. So so just e- even just saying uh, a poet reviewing uh, a, a rap song still makes the connection for for poetry. Right. So that that's 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 a good strategy that you had because at first I think I had that question. I was like, all right, okay. Now there's a lot of poems that it can do, but this is this was pre Brandon Leak and and pre Amanda Gorman. It's just going to take his channel longer because no one knows these poets. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And I was like, it's, it it's going to work, but it's going to take some time. Right. You know, um, you know, uh, like Brandon Leak was, I think our fourth episode, um, uh, season two last year. Uh, we, I interviewed him or had a conversation with him. I don't like saying interview, but I had a conversation with him the night before his, his golden buzz was it the golden go yeah his golden buzzer episode came on you know yeah yeah and so um so yeah no i i can appreciate the grind and the hustle and the consistency so do you post weekly i do yeah there was a point where i was posting like twice a week even three times a week i had to i had to push like push the brakes i couldn't I couldn't like, keep you know that consistently. What? So yeah, at this point I'm doing once a week. And my okay. subscribers seem okay with that. Uh they, they obviously want more, but that's the minimum I can do to to where they're still satisfied, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah, most definitely. And that because that week comes around quick. <laughs> yeah. Before you know it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's same here. I I I post on Mondays. Um, but we've also incorporated a blog. Where uh, our literary host—that's uh, what we call our blog manager, uh, Kelsey Bigelow—she she basically summarizes each episode, right? So so you can kind of get the cliff notes because we look at the po- the uh, Poet Life podcast as a resource for poets, right? I want to make sure that we bring on people that are doing things or have done something that they can teach and show the journey and explain that it's possible. Right. And mm-hmm. that's the main reason why I wanted to bring you on is because you're, you're the first uh, really to have a channel to be dedicated to reviewing poets, poems and, and performances and things of that nature. Right. So um, I, I wanted to be able to show the, different lanes that you can go in within within the poetry industry right like before all of this like we we knew that it was an open mic there's a chat book what else there's probably one more thing you know yeah. uh, you know right uh, anthology yeah. right mm-hmm. so it's important for us to show the many facets that you can really tackle you know, like I literally see movies, uh, plays. I, I can see it clear as day. You yeah. know, and so I wanted to connect and network 
with people like you. Um, and so um, I wanted to ask you, what are the negative comments that you get? Ah, uh, so uh, one of the things I get, and this is just in general, not even just in terms of YouTube, but um, when I tell someone I'm a poet, they automatically assume I'm a rapper. Um, uh, yeah, and right. I know where that comes from. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and that's that that isn't an insult in any kind of way like being a rapper that's that's really awesome that's something i could i don't think i could ever do you know what i'm saying that you you mm -hmm. need to have that hit factor for that right um but at the end of the day if i say i'm a poet take my word for it you know um so i've gotten comments like that uh i've gotten some people who will say that i i just remember this during my uh what's it called during my reaction to amanda gorman's inauguration poem I had some of the most racist, mean comments I've ever gotten on a YouTube video before. And it's because not only am I a black poet, but I'm also reacting to a black poet. So right. that combo, I guess a lot of people didn't take that well. Thankfully, none of them were in my base. That that video blew up. So a lot of people who were just being exposed to my channel for the first time were the ones mm. spouting that nonsense. But um, I made sure to remove all of that but not because it bothered me, but I was worried that Amanda would end up seeing it one day. And that might like, she, she, she's a strong person. I ain't worried about her sure. really at the end of the day. Um, I didn't want that to be what she remembered when she saw my channel. So I made sure to filter those comments out, but yeah, uh, on no other video have I received that much bigotry to be honest, you know? Wow. Um, and I, I saw it coming. I did. Um, but <laughs> it was totally worth it in my opinion. I think, I think people needed uh, her poem and my 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 followers needed me to um, bring that to, to their attention as well. So it was an overall positive. Sure. Sure. Did you prepare yourself for the oncoming negative comments? Because, you know, when you come when you get on YouTube or, or become a YouTuber, you know, that's coming. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I, uh I, I don't really know how to explain how exactly I prepared. Just a matter of knowing that it was coming was enough. Right. Knowing that it's coming without letting it bring you an anxiety. That's the way you want to go about it, I guess. Um, yeah, I, I still get negative comments for sure. That one was just the craziest. Uh, what, what's really interesting is that it was during that time, one of my subscribers reached out to me personally and was like, hey, uh, I've been feeling really low because there was this book I published that got a really, really bad review. And mm. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay up. I'm trying to stay positive, but it, it, it hurts, you know? Um, so the next video I posted after that was how, how to handle criticism as writers. Um, and it, it translates to artists in general, the advice I was giving, but I brought up in that video, the fact that even the last video I posted, the one that, um, the first one of a few to blow up. I got a lot, of, a lot of comments myself, and I'm sure Amanda Gorman being where she is now, she's at the top of the of the nation right. in terms of poetry. You know, she's the youth poet laureate of the nation like that. Right. You don't get there without receiving a lot of negative comments along the way. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I was I, one of the things I was I, one of the things I was doing was using the negative comments I received as uh I weaponized that in a way, I guess you could say, in order right. to provide another gr gr uh, great video, if that makes sense. Wow. 
Wow. Have they said anything like, you know, like about you just, you know, just being because that's one thing that um, I feared when putting myself out there in front of the Mm -hmm. camera. And I was like, and that held me back for some time, you know, and I was just like, I'm not for the negative comments, you you know, and but I was just like, am I going to let the potential reality of negative comments stunt my growth? You know, um, yeah. and so right when I asked that question, I was like, "No, nah, let's let's go." Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, I mean, the the negative comments come, but if you're just secure in yourself, then they'll come and go. But the real ones will, uh, the the real ones' opinions, those are what you should hold on to. That's what I keep telling right. myself. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> that's pretty much that. Wow. So you're a YouTuber now. I guess so. <laughs> is this a real or is just like, all right, this is it. Let's do it. When I used to tell people I was a YouTuber, because I would tell them that back when I had 50 subscribers, 75 subscribers, they'd roll their eyes. You know what I'm saying? They right. look at my channel. They'd be like, oh, OK, you're you're a YouTuber. All right. Yeah. Everybody and their mama. And it's like, no, no, like I, I'm right. grinding on this. I am a YouTuber. Like I, I identified as one. Um, and. Now people are starting to take me seriously. Of course, 6,000 subscribers. I'm saying 6,000. I'm rounding up. But um, sure, it's not like a crazy number. But considering the progress I'm making, it's something mm-hmm. I'm very proud of. And now I can say confidently, because I would even doubt when I would say it before, I can confidently say I'm a YouTuber. You know? Got it. Yeah. But the goal should always be to be able to say it confidently, even when you have one subscriber or none. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So now that you're monetized... Uh, is there a strategy to grow, right? Are you following a strategy? What, what's, uh, you know, what, what's the plan? Yeah, so I know certain videos that are bangers for my channel, such as the uh, the rap analyses, uh, reaction videos in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I make sure to do every other video as one of those. And then the others will be teaching maybe, like I said before, how to handle criticism or how to get your poetry published in literary journals. I make sure to tell my subscribers about that. Um, how how I got fourth place in the nation with my Poetry Slam team. Um, I, I, I kind of have it staggered that way. So there'll got be it. a reaction video, there'll be a, a lesson video, a reaction video, a lesson video. And Got I it. kind of keep back and forth that way. So the reaction videos make me the most money, if I'm being honest. They, they do. <laughs> they do. Sure. But they draw traffic to my channel, and then people get to know about the other stuff. Um, that's my main strategy. There's also things such as um, search engine optimization. YouTube has right. an algorithm SEO. that... Yeah, exactly. Uh, YouTube has an algorithm that prefers to keep people on the platform for as long as possible. And the two ways to do that is to get people to click on a video and get people to stay on a video. So anytime you're doing that for YouTube, YouTube rewards you by pushing your your content out to more people. It gets on the recommended page. Next thing you know, your your video's blowing up. Um, So if I want YouTube to scratch my back, I have to scratch theirs. So I make sure that like I spend almost as much time on the thumbnail as I do on editing the videos. Uh, maybe not like seven, eight hours, but it, it it takes a couple hours just to make the thumbnail alone. And when it comes to the description box for the video, I'm making sure to put as many keywords as possible. Uh, I, I'm trying to optimize that video as much as possible so it ranks in search. 
Um, and then one more strategy I do is I look at trends. Um, I'm subscribed to multiple channels that um, put out poetry content. And I wait for one of those videos that that are growing more rapidly than usual for that person's channel. And I try to react to that so that I can yeah. like, be carried by that wave. Am I letting other people do the heavy lifting for me? Yes, but <laughs> it is what it is. I, I gotta do what I do. Um, so yeah, that's that's another strategy I have as well. And that's why like when Amanda Gorman came out with her poem, for example, my video was up the next day instantly because her, her video right. went viral. Um, so yeah, mine didn't go viral, but I definitely kind of, I got lifted by that wave sort of. Um, so that's one more strategy I use. Gotcha, gotcha. So I, I, I hear the, the, the biggest thing is um, like I know, when you did Amanda Gorman's, when they do a search on Amanda Gorman's name, your video came up. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Got it. It, it does. Um, in fact, I can. I, I even check myself. One other strategy I do is I go to an incognito tab because it doesn't have any of my search results. So when I look up, uh, say Amanda Gorman, and I see that my channel appears. It's not, I know it's not because uh, Google's taken into account my search results because, again, it's an incognito tab. It doesn't take any of that right. into account. So um, that's another strategy I use um, to make sure that my things are ranking in search. Got it. Got you. So by doing a search yourself, it puts your video into the pal of searches for Amanda Gorman or. Oh, no. Uh, the the search I do on my own through the incognito tab just allows me to see that it's ranking in search on YouTube and uh, it's not influenced by my own search results for my account. Uh, because if I look something up such as, I don't know, um, I love LeBron James, right? If, right. <laughs> if I, if I uh, look up something pertaining to basketball, I'm going to get a lot of LeBron James results because YouTube right. is trying to send me stuff that's tailored to what I like, but I don't want that in this case. I, I want to see if I'm getting my YouTube name, regardless of what my search results, what regardless of what my search results are, uh, because I look up a lot of poetry content on YouTube. So, of course, if I look up poetry content, my channel is going to show up. But I want to make sure it's showing up for people who don't look I at see. poetry content. So that's what the incognito search is for. Gotcha. So how do you do an incognito search? Uh, I mean, I you simply make a, an incognito window. Um, Google Chrome has it. Oh, Usually, okay. Yeah. Just a separate that, window. Yeah, yeah. Separate window. And then you type in uh, YouTube. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I, I just haven't heard that term before. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. It's not, it's not just a separate window. It's... Um, I don't know how to explain it, but typically on Google Chrome, the top three dots on the top right, yeah, you just click on that. And then from there, you're going to see new tab, new window, and then new incognito tab. Wow. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. When you click on that, that allows you to search without any of your search results being saved, but also it doesn't take into account your past search history. So right. what you're being shown isn't influenced from by what you've already watched. Um, yeah, if that makes sense. So that's really come in handy for my YouTube channel as well. Cause I know how to rank and search better now. 
I've never recognized that. Probably because I don't click the three dots. I just click the plus sign to, to yeah. get a new tab. Right. Wow. Okay. This is awesome. I, I just learned something. Because you kept saying, I was like, incognito tab. What is that? Okay. Okay. Because that makes a lot of sense because, you know, when you do a search, obviously, that's going to stay within your, your search realm and, and they're going to show, you know, what you've been searching. Um, but that doesn't mean if you search what I just searched, that you're going to see the same thing that I, that I saw. So exactly. Got it. Okay. All right. That's, that's good to know. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right. So, so have the poets that you've reacted to reached out? Uh, so Brandon Leak, <laughs> this was crazy. The thumbnail I had for his video was very clickbaity. <laughs> It was it was very clickbaity. So when he came across my video, he was like, "Who is this guy?" You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. And then he, and then apparently he watched it, really liked my reaction to his uh, his audition, and I saw him. Uh, he he came to Houston to perform, not okay. long after that. And when I introduced myself and said, "You know, I I do poetry on YouTube," he's like, "Wait a minute." I remember you. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you said something like overrated in your thumbnail. And I'm like, oh, no, that was just <laughs> Yeah, I love you, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, was so, the, what was the thumbnail? Um, it was me kind of like looking like this at his picture and being like, oh, right. no. Like, right. yeah. But then when you watch the video, you realize I'm totally... I, I love that. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> Got you. Yeah. No, he's he's a good dude, man. I talked to him the other day, man. Um, he's doing some awesome things. As a matter of fact, he just announced that he's having a uh, uh, another child, uh, it's a, and it's a boy. Yeah. You know, I saw so, on Instagram. Yeah, definitely, man. Um, yeah. Now, I, I think it's rare. It's very important for 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 poets to connect and stay connected to. Um, assist each other in the growth of the poetry industry. You know, uh, I think it's really important um, to to elevate each other because building the poetry industry, you can't do it alone. You know, that yeah. that that network has to be strong. So, you know, if Brandon's doing something, you know, I'm right there sending him a text message saying, man, keep going, man. I see it, you know, because, yeah, you know, that's 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 what it takes because you can see him doing some awesome things, but you never know what he's going through mentally because because I know I do some, you know, some top notch stuff um, from what I'm being told. Uh, but sometimes I'm like, that was all right, you know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, just yeah. because that's just something that I do. It it's easy for me, um, and so it does. It, it, in my eyes, it doesn't look like super major. You know. Um, yeah. um, uh, so the pe the people that said, or that the people that were downplaying your YouTube channel, what are they saying now? Uh, now they're saying things like, oh, congratulations on hitting 5K. Right. Uh, oh, you're going to hit 10K by the end of the year. You might even go higher than that. Meanwhile, these people were rolling their eyes before, you know. <laughs> um, but is that? Um, I mean, I don't really pay much attention to it. At the end of the day, sure. the few people whose opinions I really care about have always been supportive. So 
that's what I that's what I keep my focus on, you know. Awesome. Yeah. Have you been able to replace that second job with with YouTube? Uh, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Uh, I'm making almost as much as that one, but I want to be able to make more. Yeah. So at this rate, that's going to be sometime this summer. If I'm, nice. I, I look at the YouTube analytics uh, right. very often, and I'm seeing the trend my channel's going on. I'd say midsummer. Yeah. I, okay. I can job and just stick with YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. Do you plan for this to be what you do as far as YouTube and and it being your full time? Uh, I don't know. I don't know about that. I'm not so sure. Um, my parents are um, very traditional, not in a bad way. I'm just saying uh, they kind of grew up thinking that, you know, STEM jobs are the way to go. And um, I, I definitely like, you know, science and math and all that. And that's why I've been studying it. Uh, so even if I could make enough money just off of YouTube alone and do full time, I'm not sure I would. All I know is I want to do poetry for the rest of my life. That is all I know. So if I'm doing poetry and I'm a janitor, I'm that's fine by me. If I'm doing poetry and I'm a doctor, that is fine by me. At the end of the day, right. if I'm doing poetry, I'm fulfilled. It doesn't matter what it is. Like I've never really had a a big strong desire to do like a certain career as if like if I don't hit that career, I'm not doing my passion. My passion is poetry and I can do any other career and do poetry. Uh, William Carlos Williams, who's one of the best poets in American history, he was a doctor. <laughs> you know what I mean? He, right. he was a legitimate doctor. He had his own practice and everything, but he was a poet. Uh, sure. Yeah. So that's one. Of the, that's the beauty of this job, uh, of this craft, I should say. You don't need to have a great singing voice. You don't need to have athleticism, it, like all these things where you just can't like work for it. So long as you have words, so long as you right. can write on the page or speak. That is enough to make poetry. And because of that, it doesn't matter what career path you have, you can do it. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's 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 a good statement to make and a good statement for others to hear, you know, because, um, again, for some people, for a lot of people who want to do poetry, um, uh, most people need to see it first and to 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 kind of solidify it for them. Um, there are a few people that say I can be the first, um, you know, without seeing somebody do it, you know, but that's why I wanted to make sure that the Poet Life podcast invited people and poets uh, to be an example, you know, um, um, and we get comments and, and um, DMs all the time, like, man, Thank you for the information, for the in inspiration, you know, because for the longest I've been trying to figure out how, 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 how. And so that's what I that's why I try to um, uh, disclaim before, you know, like you before you come on other guests, like, like give me the game. Show me. Tell me what the what the journey was like, you know, your feelings with it and and how you got from plan A, well, from point A to pl uh, point B, you know. And so I appreciate the information that you're sharing with me, man. Um, I'm excited to see where your channel goes, because what I do see is 
you know, you're doing a lot more uh, because of your YouTube page. Yeah. You know, those opportunities are going to come. And the fact that you, you're not just reviewing or, or, or reacting, but you're uh, a poet as well. So you can go perform somewhere as well. Yeah. Has that has that presented itself because of your YouTube channel or? Uh, no, this is probably the second opportunity that I've had as a result of my YouTube cool. channel. Uh, my first was that social media project. Um, there okay. was a fellow poet on YouTube who caught wind of my stuff and invited me. Um, and even though that didn't work out, at the very least, that told me that YouTube will open doors for me. Um, and like if a door closed, it closed for a reason and I shouldn't worry myself about that. So, yeah. Um, and then you asking me to hop on the channel, uh, hop on this podcast. I, I'm so appreciative of that. Honestly, yeah. I I felt like I was undeserving. <laughs> Um, and, but I really, really, really appreciate that. This is another sign that YouTube will be opening more doors. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, it's funny. Um, I'm glad that you felt that way. I, the reason I say that is because now I'm, uh, did you feel that way because of the, the, the level of poets and people that I had on or is that okay? Gotcha. Yeah, because, <laughs> I, yeah, I want to create um, a level of exclusivity. And it's not being selfish or anything like that. That is that is making the poets that want to come on, make them work harder. You know, um, because I do get DMs saying, hey, I just I just um, wrote a poetry book or it's coming out soon or something like that. But that's not what this 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 podcast is for. It is not to highlight you and promote you. It is to uplift the community and build the industry. And now if you have something to teach and to show us how you did what you did, then then let's do it. Right. And 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 so that's that's what this is about. I, I get to uh, I think I've lost uh, a friend because I didn't just put him on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, but I mean, I'm, I, can like, really tell, I can tell from the caption for this uh, podcast, uplifting the poetry community, building the poetry industry. Yeah. That's what this is about, not uplifting ourselves. And I completely right. get that. Yeah, and I wanted to make it as, as clear as possible to, because I knew that was coming. You know, I have a lot of poetry friends, but most of them get it. They're like, yo, I got to I got to work. I got to I got to put some work in before I can get on his platform. You know, it really is not my platform. It is the poetry industry's platform. My goal is to be uh, the podcast, the voice for the industry, you know, and and teach poets that. Um, and what I really like about it is when I say teach poets, it's not me teaching. It's the people that we bring on. You know, because most people are like, well, who are you to be teaching? You know, I get, it's just like, dude, <laughs> good gracious, man. So so um, I I just appreciate everybody's willingness to uh, give the instructions, um, uh, be the example 
and know that what they're doing and what they've done is valuable. Like what you're doing, because again, you might feel the same way I feel. Like you know, it's just this is something. This is just something I'm doing. You know, I don't see it as me doing something so great. You know, but like in other people's eyes, like you're you're paving a way. Wow, thank you. I really appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So, so um, you'll start to see soon other poets reacting to poems, and because I know it was, it's been in poets' mind because it was in my mind. Mm. You know what I mean? To to do mm. reactions because I watch reactions. I'm like, why? Why is nobody reacting to all of these awesome poems out here? Yeah, you know. But I was like, I can't do podcast reaction. I'm not, you know, I want to focus on one thing. And so when I saw your page, I was like, yes. Awesome. You know, other people would be like, man, he did it before me. Oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? I had that idea first. Like I told you earlier, there's no poetry industry with one poet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's no poetry industry with one poet making all the money. Right. That's not an industry. You know, we need as many poets as possible figuring out how to make money in and um, uh, do deals and uh, partnerships because because the community is for the love is for the camaraderie, you know, it's, it's for the uplift. Uh, but the industry is where the deals are made. The transactions are made. Uh, the networking is set right. So, so um, I think I have this conversation often. Like, how do you, how do you choose, or why should you choose between? I'm not saying that you should choose between the community and the industry, but you should choose whether or not you're just going to be in the community and then you're going to do open mics and you're just going to write for the love of it. Um, and you need to choose also whether or not you want to get paid for it because I'm sure you get this also um, poets being mad at other poets who want to make money for their poetry and honestly I don't see what's wrong with that whatsoever you know in fact I would argue the best way to uplift the poetry community would actually be to secure the bag if anything right you know, because some right. people want to join the poetry community, but they're like, ah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of people huddled around a fire, just telling stories to each other. And <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, you know, there are ways to secure the bag. And if you show other people that, then they'll be more willing to join the community. Indeed. Exactly. Exactly. And that's all it is. It's, just, it's not, you know, incorporating capitalism and poetry mm-hmm. and all of this other stuff. It's no, like, I love this art. And I would love to do it for a living. That's it. That's it. That is, <laughs> nothing less, nothing more, man. You know, um, and, and because you would never ask a rapper or a singer to do something for free, right? And why? Why, is so this why would you ask him? Why is it the poet that has to get? Come on, you know, it's art. You know, yeah. so um, yeah, man. Thank you. 
Thank you, first of all. Thank you for sharing your Saturday with me. It's Saturday morning. Um, well, it was no noon. Yes, well, Saturday afternoon with me, and um, I don't want to monopolize, monopolize, you know, your whole weekend. But uh, I really appreciate, you know, you coming on to the podcast. Um, I'm excited about people hearing about your page and and uh, your reactions and showing others that there are a lot of lanes that you can dominate in that are untapped in poetry. Yeah. Honestly. You know? Yeah. So many new roads that are yet to be paved. I can't I can't yeah. wait to see what becomes of this podcast specifically, but then of the poetry community in the years to come. Totally. I appreciate that for sure, man. So we need to talk, man, uh, offline and, and and see where we can, you know, benefit each other and uh, just, you know, um, uplift each other and what we're doing. And but I, I told you in the DMs that I have some opportunities for you that I think, uh, you know, will work well with what you have going on as far as your channel and everything. So um, we'll definitely connect. But if you could leave anything something with the people um to kind of inspire them as far as their poetry career uh what would that be the biggest thing i would say is uh love your art you know uh it's one thing to expect other people to but if you can love yours that's what matters most of all you know uh, I, I know a lot of poets who are great at what they do but at the end of the day they don't enjoy what they read uh, they don't enjoy the work of their own that they read and if there's anything I got to recommend is that you love your art. Um, it's worth loving. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to add to that value your art. Mm -hmm. That's the, that's the first part. Love your art. Right. But value it because your art has value. And that speaks to why you should be compensated for it. Exactly. Yeah. Honestly, the whole notion of the starving poet, that is one thing I hope dies. <laughs> I'll be the first. Seriously. I'll be the first to burn that notion. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's it's really out of ignorance. Yeah. It's not negative ignorance. It is the lack of knowledge, you know, not knowing that you that is possible. Mm -hmm. So so with the ignorance we celebrate it, you know, the, the yeah. yeah, that's why you get the, um, um, when you say, when you tell people that you're a poet, um, they say, oh, you're a rapper because they don't know that there's a poetry industry. Right. Yeah. He, he really can't mean that he's a like poet because poets don't make any money. That's, that's their mindset. Yeah. You know, but I have confidence that'll be changing for sure. And I, I, I don't I, even mean because of me, but there's many young artists who I have yet to have spoken of who are doing some great things. Even people among my uh, Poetry Slam team, even though we're not like together as a team anymore, we're branching out and doing our own stuff. And I'm so proud of each and every one of them. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm so passionate about building the industry. Um, and what I need people to understand is, again, there's no industry with just one person or poet. So right. my mission is to show 
as many poets as possible that it is possible to make this a career. And I'm gonna show as many examples as possible um, on this platform and beyond. And from week to week, there's 52 weeks in a year. You know, that means I'm gonna have at least 52 people showing each year, you know, and mm -hmm. you're one of them, man. And so I appreciate you, man. Look, it's the Poet Life Podcast. It's Kendrick Youngblood. Thank you. Oh, what's your channel? Youngblood Poetry. I kind of wish I had said that earlier. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah my channel is Youngblood Poetry. Uh, definitely check it out, everyone. Uh, I'm sure there'll be something there for you. Totally. And it trust me, it is. That's why I have him on, man. Uh, and it's been months since I've been watching him. So it's the Poet Life Podcast. If you need any more information about what we have going on, go to thepoetlife.com. If you need some gear, go to poetlifegear.com and we got you. We need representation. Just imagine walking down the street and you have Poet Life on. Somebody's going to say, oh, you're a poet. I got an event. You want to come perform? And we're paying. Hmm. You'll be a walking billboard. That's how we're going, man. It's the Poor Life Podcast. Everybody have a great weekend. Kendrick, I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way. Find a way. Ain't got no time now. You in the way.